Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Welcome to Awake to Oneness Radio. I am Caroline Chang, your host. The mission of Awake to Oneness Radio is to inspire the world to awaken to the universal truth of oneness. Now science is teaching us that all life is interconnected and interdependent. And what an ancient wisdom and spirituality has been teaching the truth of oneness for eons. So science is just catching up to the truth of oneness. So basically what that means is what you do to another person, you're literally doing to an aspect of yourself. And when mankind awakens, there will awakens to the truth of oneness, there will be peace on earth. Today's show topic is Conscious Evolution with Barbara Mark Hubbard, who was my guest many years ago, and Mark Gaffney. They are the co-founders of the Evolutionary Church, and i like to welcome Barbara. Barbara, welcome once again, Barbara, to Awake to Oneness Radio. And please, I mean, you were my guest. You were one of my first guests back in the spring of 2015. But please tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and your journey. Well, I'm so happy to be on here with you and with my dear friend, Mark. I am an evolutionary woman. I have decided that the women who wake up to that deeper impulse to create are just actually rising up on earth everywhere now. So I was, um, you know, uh, I would say was born in 1929. And when the U.S. dropped the atomic bombs on Japan is when I woke up to say, what's the meaning of our new power that's good? And that's a lifetime search because the power is so great. And I believe that I'm feeling now that the meaning of our new power is actually the conscious evolution of humanity. And I am delighted to be working with my partner, Mark Gaffney, on how can we actually support the awakening of humanity to its oneness, its wholeness, and its enormous creativity. So thank you very much. Thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you. Now, Mark, thank you. This is your first time with us on Awake to Oneness Radio. Thank you so much for being my guest. Please share with our listeners, our audience, who you are, your, a little bit of your journey, and, and, and how you got to be where you're, you're at at this moment. Oh, my God. If I could figure that out, Carolyn, I'd be in great shape. But uh, my, my name is Mark Gaffney. I am delighted to be here with you, Carolyn, on Awaken to Oneness Radio from the Poconos. And I'm delighted to be working with my evolutionary partner, right? I'm the most wondrous Barbara Marks Hubbard. We were delighted to found together the evolutionary church. Imagine, you know, this moment in Bethlehem, right, when this new church emerges. Imagine in the Renaissance, when the new church of modernity emerges with the Church of Science, with Da Vinci and Florence and, and that great emergence of a new right, evolution of spirit. And so we're at a similar moment. We're at a moment where we stand between dystopia and utopia. We're at what the poets called a pivoting point. Right? And we can either actually create heaven on earth, right, or we can devolve into a kind of hell zone for the most vulnerable right, among us, in which you know, we can have a billion or two billion people right, easily right, in abject suffering and, and death, right, and the, the conditions for the rest of humanity 
would devolve in a, in a dramatic and, and you know, virtually apocalyptic way. So it's a, it's a big deal. And at this moment, what we need to do more than anything else is tell a new story. And by a new story, we mean not just a literary story, right? Not just a, a mythic story, but a, and actually the deepest story we can tell best on the, based on the best integration of the interior and the exterior sciences, which is the new universe story, the new narrative of identity, the new narrative of eros, the new narrative of relationships. And, and telling that new story, right, is the evolution of the source code, right? It's the evolution of the source code of consciousness and culture, which is itself the evolution of love. And so Barbara and I are, are working deeply together in kind of joining memes, right, coming together and trying to tell right, the best story that we believe can be told on planet Earth today, integrating the best of the sciences, right, the best of the anthropologies, the best of the great traditions of spirit, right, the best of sociology, the best of the 11 schools of psychology, integrated right, in, a, in a new vision that we call the Wheel of Co-Creation 2.0. And so that's, I think, a context. The evolutionary church is the church of evolutionary love which is holding this vision. And from there, right, with such delight at being your guest, Carolyn, I turn it back to you, beloved Barbara, after Carolyn, you know, tells us where to go to kind of <laughs> perhaps start with conscious evolution and tin cons in the beginning of the story. Well, well, thank you so much for that, because what you just said is love, love, love is the key. And, and that's what oneness is is the understanding that we are all that. And what you said about the science, because it was science. It was quantum physics, quantum en uh, entanglement, which is saying we are all interconnected. That's what woke me up personally, was science. And I mean, I've been studying um, spirituality off and on for eons, or for a long time, not eons, I'm not that old, but <laughs> I've been studying, but it was science that actually woke me up in 2007. So I love that you're speaking about the science, but please, I want you and Barbara and, and you both to share what the wonderful work you're doing with the new church. Well, I, I want to tell you a little bit about the work uh, the, the, that's leading up to this work. It started for me when the United States dropped the bombs on Japan. And I realized that we were using the power of science, of E equals MC squared, the discovery of, of Einstein, for example, to build the bomb. And I realized if we stay in separate consciousness with all this power of which the bomb was only the first, now it's biotech and nanotech and quantum computing, powers of gods, if we don't evolve somehow, that will destroy our whole life support system. So then I asked the question of my life, what is the meaning of our new power that's good? And I don't mean the old power and stuff we've had before, but I meant the whole range of new human power, spiritually, socially, and particularly technologically. So I, I went around and tried to ask. So first I, I joined the Episcopal Church and I asked the minister, do you know the meaning of our power that's good? He said, young, young lady, you go to Sunday school. You'll find out there. And there I found out that the problem was Eve. So that turned me off from looking there any further. Then I went to Bryn Mawr College. It's a good women's college. I thought maybe I can get a course on the direction of evolution for humanity. But obviously there is no course on it. And there was, there was history, there was math, there was, uh, there was English, but nobody was asking this question. And so then I went to uh, Paris, my junior year abroad, and I found a, a, a man, actually, in a restaurant. <laughs> and I asked him my question, what's the meaning of our new power that's good? His name was Earl Hubbard. He's, he's an artist. And he said, I'm an artist seeking a new image of man commensurate with our power to shape the future. And I thought, well, I'm going to marry you. And I did. I married for purpose. <laughs> and we got married. We had five children. And gradually, I realized I had a voice to myself. And, and to, make, to make this story more pertinent to the church, I began to read Teilhard de Chardin. And he was a Catholic Jesuit paleontologist. 
and he was able to understand the direction of evolution going to higher consciousness single cell multi-cell animal human to higher consciousness greater freedom of the individual to make choices and the highest one was greater complexity or love by connecting so many separate parts in these massively interacting organisms so I dedicated myself I realized I wanted more consciousness I wanted more freedom and I wanted more love so I went inside of the story of evolution as life purpose and I caught hold of the billions of years of purpose uh, over more complex systems was actually to increase our interior capacity to love and create as actually evolution itself does so with that you know it's interesting that we should have formed the evolutionary church because I had no church to go to to celebrate the enormous power of the evolutionary impulse inside every single human being <clears throat> to cultivate it to love it and so Mark as you will hear in just a moment has enormous mainly uh, studies of the Jewish tradition he wrote books of the Kabbalah the radical Kabbalah and he will tell you about that and he was able to translate that Jewish mysticism into evolutionary creativity and so when I met Mark I was by that time thinking maybe I was finished I was 84 years old just a few years ago and I thought somebody said Barbara why don't you declare victory and retire and I thought I would die if I did that but I didn't know what to do so I met Mark and we had somebody set up an interview for us and in this interview it was his voice with his mimetic codes you know you have a genetic code for yourself and in your body but a mimetic code are the specific ideas that evolve you and when he discussed with me his idea of evolutionary uh, capacity of evolutionary spirituality of the unique self I instantly was turned on and could share with him my ideas of conscious evolution and very briefly the ideas of conscious evolution was that evolution is going somewhere that we want to go and the question was how can we go there with it and so Mark and I together founded the Church of Evolutionary Love and its great scripture is the new story of evolution it's the one scripture that everybody has the story of how we got from nothing at all to everything that is and in the Church of Evolutionary Love we, we we pray for the greatness of everyone we bless everyone's greatness we speak on behalf of the evolution of our potential and we we do a teaching in an evolutionary collective where we're going over the whole wheel of co-creation as the way God would be willing for us to join to create in the huge creativity of humanity so by finding Mark and becoming his evolutionary partner I woke up and now I'm I'm getting newer every day <laughs> why because evolution is getting newer and Mark and I together are getting newer so I'm going to turn my word over to you Mark to do something on the evolutionary church and whatever else your heart desires yes thank you thank you Barbara for that and I am going to turn over to Mark in just a second I just wanted to, to resonate how it resonates with me um, the divinity in all of us that yeah. recognizes the divinity Mark don't go anywhere because I'm, I'm going to go to you right <laughs> now so come back Mark he'll be back okay yes I'm right here I just I'm just I'm totally here listening. I just okay. want to the camera so I can focus on your beautiful voice. Oh, okay. well, we want to see your beautiful face, Mark. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. okay. I thought we were doing radio. I thought we were doing radio. <laughs> oh, no. Well, this is actually going to be both. Both. Oh, I, I, I didn't realize. I thought, it's actually I, I'm both. 
I thought we were on Awakening Radio. Oh, God, it, I is, it. it is, it is Awakening <laughs> Radio, which also airs on YouTube in video format. So. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yes, yes, but that's okay. That's okay. But this is my. I would have got. I would have gotten dressed up. You know what I mean? Oh, no, yeah. You look perfect. You look okay. Perfect. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Okay, Mark. But yes, yes. I just had to. I wanted to just say love and and seeing the divinity in all. That is just what touches my heart. But please okay. share with us, Mark. No, Amen. Thank you, Carolyn, and and thank you, of course, beloved evolutionary partner, Barbara, and you know we have been so delighted and honored to found the evolutionary church but i, I want to just say that it's not a it's not a casual thing it's not a project right right evolutionary church is the desperate need at this moment right that we actually come together beyond the old dogmatic churches right beyond the sectarian division beyond the right and the left and the deep polarization that lives so deeply etched in the last weeks, even deeper in the psyche of the American soul. And we begin to understand that that which is greater than us, right? That which is, that which unites us, right? Is so much greater than that which divides us, right? That, that, which, that which unites us is so much more profound than that which divides us. And what unites us is that that we all can actually get on board with this new universe story, with this new vision of identity, which is at the heart of the Church of Evolutionary Love. So let me just try and take a second to articulate it, and particularly as it relates to what we call this, this wheel, this great new symbol, this wheel of co-creation 2.0. So what we're basically saying is at the very core, but we're saying it based on the deepest reading of the sciences, the interior sciences of spirit, and the exterior sciences of, of all of the classical wisdom streams of science. What we're actually saying is that reality is not a fact, it's a story. It's not an ordinary story, it's a love story. It's not an ordinary love story, it's an evolutionary love story, it's an outrageous love story. And what does that mean? What's the difference between outrageous love or evolutionary love, two terms for the same gorgeous holy phenomena, and ordinary love. What's the difference between those two? Well, the difference is everything, right? Ordinary love is often a strategy of the ego, right? For comfort, for status, for security, and it's legitimate, it's good as far as it goes. But outrageous love, outrageous love is not mere human sentiment. It's not an egoic grasping strategy. Right? Outrageous love is the heart of existence itself. Right? Outrageous love is that which moves, right? said Dante, the sun, and other stars. Right? Outrageous love is the feeling right, of the originating love that is the initiating and animating eros of all that is, right? coming alive in me, as to me, and through me. Right? That is outrageous love. Right? And if there's a credo right, to our evolutionary church, the credo is we live in a world of outrageous pain. And the only response to outrageous pain is outrageous love. Right? We live in a world of outrageous beauty. The only response to outrageous beauty right, is outrageous love. Right? And so what does that mean? What does that mean for Barbara and I in Evolutionary Church and for the thousands of people that are joining together on this revolution of evolution in this evolutionary church? Right? What it means is, is that we actually have a new vision of identity. Who am I? I'm an evolutionary lover. I'm an outrageous lover. Well, what does that mean? What do outrageous lovers do? Well, first, outrageous lovers, right, are all in favor of the Me Too movement, right? Outrageous lovers don't harass people. Outrageous lovers, whether men or women, don't make false complaints. Outrageous lovers honor the integrity of everyone. That's a given. But it's more than that. Outrageous lovers keep every boundary that should be kept, but they break every boundary that should be broken which is the boundary of contraction. It's the boundary of smallness. It's the boundary of the grasping ego. Okay, but, but Mark, but what do outrageous lovers do? So, and here's the two key points. Outrageous lovers, right, friends, they commit outrageous acts of love. But which outrageous acts of love do outrageous lovers commit? What do they do? There's so much to do. How do you know what to do? And this becomes to the essence that, that, that Barbara asked that I talk about today, which is outrageous lovers commit the outrageous acts of love that are a 
function of their unique self. But what's the unique self, you're asking? Well, that's such a great question. I'm so delighted and happy that you asked. So a unique self is the knowing, it's the answer to the greatest question that we are ever asked, which is the question that resounds in the heavens and on earth, right, and all the mountains and all the brooks and all the streams, which is, who are you? Who are you? And to this, I want to, and I want to conclude with this because this is the single most important credo. And it's what Barbara and I sometimes call the evolutionary love creed, right? Who are you? You are an irreducibly unique expression of the love intelligence and love beauty that is the initiating and animating energy and eros of all that is that lives in you as you and through you that never was, is, or will be ever again other than through you and as such. Right, you stand literally on the abyss of darkness and you have an ability to say, let there be light in a way which is irreducibly unique because your irreducible unique self has a unique perspective and has a unique quality of intimacy that come together as your unique gift that has an ability to address a unique need in your unique circle of intimacy and influence that can be addressed by no one that ever was, is, or will be other than you in the history of humanity. And for that reason, you were born. Right? And that is the purpose and that is the delight. And that is the joy of your existence. And so you're part of a unique self-symphony, right, in which we give our unique gifts and we come together in what beloved Barbara loves to call social synergy, right, a new vision of social intimacy. And we begin to heal, right, begin to heal the planet. And so that's a vision of what we're standing for and what we're being together, right, in evolutionary church. Yeah, amen. So beautiful. That is so, so beautiful what you just said. And, and it's so true. So, so yeah. true that that we are each, I say, unique, divine aspects of God. That is who we are. And, and we came here to, to shine our uniqueness. And in that uniqueness, I hear unconditional love. And I do when I when I speak to people that are still intertwined in the what the, the dogmatic churches, I ask them one thing. I ask them, what does the unconditional what does the word unconditional mean? When I say God is unconditional love, your outrageous love is that unconditional love. And and you know when you put conditions on on love. That's not unconditional. So, yes, Barbara, yes, you, you had something you wanted to share. Well, I just wanted to build on what, what Mark said about uh, the um, impulse of evolution. And what, what I realized that that impulse that got us from no thing at all through the single cells, the multi-cells, the animals, the humans, the brilliance of that impulse always working together to connect separate parts to make a whole greater than the sum of the parts. So I began to see, well, we should do that too. Why don't we try to bring together separate people to create some whole greater than the sum of the parts? And that's how I actually got into inventing the SYNCON, the synergistic convergence process that is the basis uh, of the new wheel 2.0. But basically what we did is instead of putting people in rows with a speaker, we put people in circles, in a great big circle with every function, health, education, economic, science and technology, as part of a living system. And then we brought people through the center of the wheel, but they were coming into the wheel carrying the impulse of the 13.7 billion years in them. In other words, my desire, your desire, Mark's, all your listeners' desire to create is the impulse of evolution personally, uniquely as you. So I was able, even in those days before I had Wheel 2.0, I was able to empower people to trust that their deepest impulse to create was God in them yearning for them to do it. So then they would go to the sectors of their wheels and start saying, this is what I want to create. And they had some small groups. They didn't vote. You see, our politics is win-lose, voting. No matter, even if it's good, it's win-lose. SINCON is all win. So you go into your what you want to create and you say, this is what I want to create. And this is what I need to create it that I don't have. And this is what I want to give away freely.
And then you ask people in all the other sectors, do you have something that I need to create? And do I have something that you need to create? And so we had gatherings, we called it vocational arousal. Vocational arousal is that you get excited by somebody else's creativity, which might be exactly what you need to express your creativity. And we invented this wonderful idea of supra-sex. Now, supra-sex is joining genius to create. Now, if you can imagine democracy growing from win-lose voting to joining genius to create, where everybody is needed by everyone else, somewhere else, this now has become Wheel 2.0. But what I learned in doing the basic original SINCONS was the evolution of democracy. We cannot create a completely loving world with a win-lose structure at the base of it. Even the best form of democracy is now obsolete, like monarchy was obsolete when democracy came in. Democracy, win-lose, is going to rapidly become less and less significant, whereas the joining together, we have the internet, we have the Zoom, we have the capacity to, to communicate with the speed of light. So what Mark and I are doing both in the evolutionary church and in wheel point two, wheel point to 2.0, is joining genius to create in love. And you can do it socio-politically, and you can do it spiritually, but you know what? They're really one and the same. Because the spiritual impulse to create is God in you, desire, yearning to create. And when people join genius to create, like you're doing with us right now, then it seems to me that God is, is in the middle of the creativity as you become ever and ever more co-creative, and co-creative, of course, is God within you creating. So the whole thing is evolving religion, and it's also evolving politics, and it's evolving social change. So we feel as we are moving together now in a very profound partnership, offering to the world a process, which we're calling Wheel, to, Wheel of Co-Creation 2.0, which is, I believe, the next step after democracy. It's synergistic democracy. It does what nature does, gets us to join together to create. And I'm actually thrilled about doing this both in our evolutionary church and in our communication to the larger world, which we intend to do via media and many, many local events. And who knows, who knows how it will be so I turn my word to Mark so he knows what it he knows what would be the best thing for us to do. Well, thank you so much. Now, Barbara, that is so wonderful because that is exactly where humanity is headed. You know, we the old the old is is dying out that it's not working. The old ways are not working. And like you said, the win-lose mentality, you know, because we each, each of us, everyone on the planet has a unique piece of the puzzle that only that's right that's that, right that only that person can bring to the puzzle and without that person something's missing so mm -hmm. it's all we all have to bring our unique light to the puzzle to 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 make the whole so yes mark please well let's let's take that's awesome that's awesome carolyn that's absolutely right and, and barbara beloved evolutionary partner thank you so much so let's let's try and Let's try and build on on, on on your gorgeous word, Barbara. And Carolyn, you're kind of maestroing and kind of holding it all in a larger container. Let's see if we can kind of break through and identify really the, the core pieces. And beloved, maybe beloved, Carolyn, if you turn off Barbara's microphone. A little less. There we go. That's perfect. Right? Awesome. So let's see if we can kind of look at this. And let's take this image of a puzzle piece because... Right? We need actually a new narrative of identity. And a new narrative of identity can't be, it can't be a new age declaration. Right? It can't be an affirmation. Right? It can't be a dogmatic claim. Right? We actually need to move 
from the way I like to say it is we, we need to move from dogma to data to dharma, right? So the old world was dogma. And in dogma meant that most of the people had no experience, but one or two people had an experience and they said, hey, this is my experience. They then interpreted their experience. They said, this is what it means. And they said, listen to me, follow me. And often that original impulse was beautiful and was holy. But often that, you know, more often than not, the original impulse got corrupted as it got institutionalized, right? As it became, right, a power base. And that original impulse lost its holiness, lost its intention. It no longer was power for, for the sake of evolution, for the sake of the divine, for the sake of goodness, for the sake of truth, for the sake of beauty. It was no longer power over, right, right? No longer power, excuse me, for, it was power over right? Power four often devolves, right? Easily, right? To power over, right? So, so let's just try and kind of get a feel for this in a kind of deep way. So that original, right? Narrative, that original story, right? Right? Of dogma was different religions saying we had a founder who had an experience. That experience then got institutionalized and often devolved, right? Into a power over form. So then we went from dogma to modernity. That was all pre-modernity. Then we went to modernity, and now we got on. Oh, now we got data. We got science, right? We have an information. But data is an exterior. Data is flatland, right? Data needs to be interpreted. Data needs to be infused with spirit. Data needs to be understood. Data by itself is information. It's not wisdom. And so what we need to do is we need to go. The third step is to dharma, right? And dharma means right, after we've moved through the best wisdom of pre-modernity, the traditional period, and we've incorporated the best wisdom of, right, modernity, right, 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 and, and we kind of understand the critiques of post-modernity, we then come to this new level, right? And this new level is, is oh, dharma. And dharma means this new universe story, this new narrative of identity based on this integration of the sciences and of spirit and in all the different schools. So I just want to take one little piece of it for a second, beloved Caroline, right, you know, which is a core piece of what Barbara and I are sharing in the world, which is this narrative of identity, because you use the word puzzle, I'm going to use puzzle for it. So basically, there are, you know, four core visions of self. The first core vision of self is the vision of separate self. Now, a separate self is a puzzle piece, but the puzzle piece has been told that there's no puzzle. There's no puzzle. So the puzzle piece is kind of get, trying to wobble along as a puzzle piece. It doesn't work too well, right? Kind of wobbling along, feeling a little bit crooked, trying, right? Right, I'm a puzzle piece. Where's the puzzle? But no, there is no puzzle. That's just a myth. There is no puzzle. So the puzzle piece is going a little bit crazy. Feels like I got the stuff that's supposed to fit in, but it doesn't quite fit in. I'm a little wobbly, but, but here I am. I'm, I'm an existential, alone puzzle piece, and I got to create my meaning out of nothing. Even though there's no real meaning, I'll do my best. Right? That's, that's puzzle piece. That's separate self. Then, You've got a distorted, right? A distorted version of separate self, which is false self, where the puzzle piece gets even more crumpled up, right? And then you go to a higher, then you go to a, you got to jump. You, gotta, you make this momentous leap. You realize, oh, I'm not just a separate self, right? Or a false self, which is a distorted version of separate self. I'm actually true self. And true self means, ah, there aren't separate puzzle pieces. There's only a puzzle, one puzzle, oneness, one puzzle. But that's not quite true by itself yet either, because the one puzzle people say, well, you know, those little, those little dividing lines that seem to indicate they're separate puzzle pieces, oh, that's just an illusion. If you meditate, that's going to go away, right? And so there's a confusion in this kind of, right, there's just a puzzle. Not quite right. Then we get to unique self, and unique self is not separate self. Unique self is the unique expression of true self, right? It's the realization right, that we live, we're part of the seamless code of the universe, but it's seamless, it's not featureless. And its features are your irreducible uniqueness. And I use the word uniqueness carefully, and I've spent about 15 years trying to kind of challenge and evolve the enlightenment teaching, and it's now kind of trickling down, right? And your uniqueness is not your separateness, right? You're not separate, you're part of the one seamless code of the universe, but it's seamless but not featureless, you're an irreducibly unique expression of that seamless code of the universe. You're a puzzle piece that completes the puzzle. Right? Oh, okay, that's the fourth vision of a puzzle piece. But then finally we get to five. 
And five is the fifth vision. You're not just a unique self. You're an evolutionary unique self. You're a unique self living in an evolutionary context, right? So your puzzle piece doesn't just complete the puzzle. It's not just that you were missing from the puzzle. And if you're there, you complete it. But your puzzle piece actually evolves the whole puzzle. The entire puzzle evolves through you. So now we have this, we call this, right, the Dharma of the five selves. And I actually wrote a book about it called Your Unique Self. And it's going to be in a different version in a new shared book by Barbara and I. But we actually are able to see, oh, there's a separate self, a false self, a true self, a unique self, an evolutionary unique self. And only when you can begin to see that and know that all those voices live in you, right? And then you actually begin to actually evolve. The evolution of love is when you actually begin to evolve, you begin to deepen your sense of intimacy and identity beyond your separate self. You actually, you actually disambiguate. You get rid of the distortions of false self. You realize your true self. Total number of true selves in the world is one, one true self. But then you realize that's not the end of the story. You got to move from classical enlightenment to what we call unique self-enlightenment. I'm a unique expression of the true self. And then finally, right, I've got this evolutionary vision, right? I realize the evolutionary impulse is uniquely alive in me. My unique self is not just my, my gift. It's actually the impulse of evolution alive in me, right? And I'm living with this evolutionary relationship to life. So that's the vision. That's the vision of puzzle pieces, right? Just to expand, right, on that, which is gorgeous. And thank you so much. And if we can download right, that narrative of identity into the world so that every child wakes up and knows, who am I? Wow, I'm an irreducibly unique expression of the love intelligence and the love beauty. And all of reality needs my service. Reality needs my service is what the unique self, the evolutionary unique self hears. But in every moment, and we call that, we call that person, that new human and that new humanity. Barbara and I have called it homo amor universalis. Homo amor universalis, right? The person of love who is universalis, who is, who is part of the all, right? And so that's a beginning of a vision that we, we're just so delighted and so honored to share with you, Sister Carol. Amen. Yes, that is so beautiful because it is one of my favorite quotes is Rumi's quote, you're not a drop in the ocean. You are the ocean in a drop. The, 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 the holographic nature of us, we are all of the one. All of each of us is all of the one. And we all, when we're, we're living our true self, our, our highest, our highest potential, we are actually enlightening, we are affecting everyone else in the universe, not just the planet. But, <laughs> yes. yes, Barbara. Well, I'll just build on what Mark said for, for a minute here. I am very moved by the exact moment of evolution we're in now as our unique selves because we have been told that very quickly we could go to radical destruction of life support system and worse and outrageous pain increasing on the other hand people who are aware that evolution takes jumps at times of crisis which we're in begin to understand how nature takes those jumps from single cell to multi-cell to animal to human to let's say universal homo amor universalis. How do we take that jump? It's so obvious that nature does it by joining separate parts together to make a whole greater than the sum of their parts. And so what we're working on is the innate human desire to join at the next level. We're calling it joining genius. And joining genius is also like you're, you have genes that joined to create the baby, you have memes. And memes are ideas that you hold in your head. And if you have a meme that I am love, I am creativity, I'm an expression of evolution, joining, I become a memetic code of the future of humanity by the memes I have. Now, Mark and I have joined memes. I think you might have noticed that. And the memes have to do with coming from a same source of creativity with articulations that are complementary and projects that give both of us a greater freedom to be who we truly are. So we are holding now that at this quantum change of danger or evolution, 
that the Wheel 2.0 is here to invite people to join Genius to create locally, globally, and finally on internet in a great planetary awakening in love through a unique self-symphony. Those are Mark's words for what happens when enough of us co-create. So I'd like you to join us, Carolyn. Oh, oh definitely. I definitely I'd like you to join us, Carolyn, yes. Yes. in holding in your heart a planetary awakening in love, where enough of us actually can resonate in the same way locally and on internet until we create a field of love that will, as Teilhard de Chardin said, he called it the Christification of the earth because he was a Jesuit. We're calling it an awakening in love. And we believe there are enough people on earth right now who are yearning to connect, to co-create in love, to shift their own lives and the lives of the world, and that this call is really the purpose of our lives. It's the purpose of the evolutionary church. It's the purpose of the wheel of co-creation. It's the purpose of all the books that we write. It's the purpose of our relationship. And in that, I would say we are blessed to be able to give our gift the whole way. That's a blessing. Yes, so true. And it, it's, it's the purpose of Awake to Oneness Radio. That is our <laughs> everyone to awake in the truth and love. Yeah. Yes. Yes, exactly. So we're very grateful for you, Carolyn. Yes. yes, thank you. And I'm so thankful and grateful for you and Mark also. Yes. Mark, did you uh, like to... Mark, did you... Yeah, yes, thank I'm you. right with you, love. Okay. I'm right with you. I'm right with you. You know, I think as we, um, you know, we move to our last few minutes here, I think it's, it's worth actually feeling into this, this vision. You know, if we had a, a vision of the wheel of co-creation 2.0 on the screen, I'd actually walk people through it. But in the meantime, I want to first issue everyone an invitation. And again, beloved B, maybe we serve it. That's perfect. Thank you, love. Right. And let's let's totally invite everyone. Right. Every single week on Pacific Coast time at 9 a.m. in the morning, we do Evolutionary Church. There's about 10,000 people who have signed up for Evolutionary Church all over the world. And so everyone's completely invited. And Carolyn, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Right. With such total delight. And, you know, Evolutionary Church is a place for people to come together right, to actually reset. All right, let me actually reset into my deepest identity, my deepest vision of who I am. Right? And we know that we always need to reset. Right? We're, always, we're always practicing. We're always finding our deepest nature. We're always finding our deepest desire. Right? Buddha was, of course, gorgeously right when he said, have few desires, but have great ones. Right? My deepest desire is God's desire. Right? My heart's desire, Barbara, as you like to say it, right? that beautiful term, heart's desire. My heart's desire is God's desire. Right? So we, we have, we've given desire a bad name. Right? We think desire is right, that which kind of gets us in trouble. Desire and ethics seem to contradict each other, but that's actually not true. Desire at its deepest level is God's desire. It's heart's desire. It's what I deeply want. It's the deepest eros of reality that's awakening uniquely in me because who am I? Right? I am a unique configuration of desire and intimacy. That's who I am. I'm a unique configuration of desire and intimacy who is desired by all of reality itself. And so if I could maybe, maybe in my kind of, kind of closing, you know, vision here, just kind of offer a, a, a core vision to what Barbara and I are, are trying to share in the world. And we're trying to share it again very precisely, right? Very precisely with, you know, precise science and spirit integrated based vision. So it's what we call you know, it's a big word for people. It's a meta theory, right? And as religions were a meta theory. A meta theory means, right, the object of a theory is facts. A meta theory brings together other meta theories and then weaves them together in a larger universe story. That's what da Vinci was doing. What, what, what da Vinci was doing is, let me see all the previous meta theories. Let me bring them together in a larger universe story. So universe story takes all the, the theories around, all the meta theories around, and says, let's now weave the depth structures, not the mistakes of each one. They all make their mistakes. They're all true but partial, but they're all part of this larger whole. Let's get all the parts 
weave it together in a larger whole that's greater than the sum of the parts. And that's what intimacy means. Right, so here's our intimacy means we weave together parts in a new way that's greater than the sum of the previous parts, this new configuration of intimacy, and that creates new reality. So what's an, what's, a, what's an evolutionary leap? An evolutionary leap takes place when there's a new configuration of intimacy between proteins, which are made up of amino acids. When they configure in a unique way, then we have an evolutionary leap. Evolutionary leaps take place right, when cells reconfigure in new configurations of intimacy. Right? When human beings reconfigure in new configurations of intimacy, you have evolutionary leaps. So the desire of reality, the eros inherent in reality, is the desire of reality to reach for ever deeper structures of intimacy, which are really ever deeper, greater holes. That's what eros says. Eros is the, is the experience of being radically alive, which is the aliveness of reality moving through me, reaching towards ever deeper contact, right? desiring ever deeper contact, and yearning for greater holes. That's what eros means. That's what it means at the atomic level, it's what it means at the cellular level, it's what it means at the plant level, at the animal level, at the mammal level, and it's what it means at the human level. So, right, what we're talking about is we're talking about an evolutionary story, which is the story of the evolution of love. And the story of the evolution of love is the realization that right, reality is moving progressively towards deeper intimacies. Evolution is the evolution of intimacy. And evolution seeks deeper intimacies, right? Complexity is just an exterior, right? But the interior, Right, complexity, interconnectivity is just an exterior. Interconnectivity is just an exterior. You can have interconnected its, but exteriors have interiors. So the interior of interconnectivity is intimacy. Right? Right. So evolution's moving towards the evolutionary story, right? Reality is not a fact, it's a story. It's moving towards deeper intimacy. Right? And so I am, I am, when I actually create deeper intimacies in my life, right, in my work, in my teaching right, in my writing, in my familying, right, in my interrelating, right, in my vocationing, right, when I respond to what Barbara loves to call vocational arousal, right, when I actually create social synergy, which means new intimacies, right, evolution is awakening to itself consciously in me, as me, and through me, I become the leading edge of evolution, which is not a process out there, it's not merely an origin story, it actually is the dynamic structure of reality awake alive in me, which is not just my being, but my becoming, not just my spaciousness, but my ecstatic urgency. So we're inviting people to something that's urgent and spacious. It's spacious, right? It's like, oh my God, we're just loving reality as it is. And it's urgent because we need to transform, right? We need to become, right? And we're not responsible for what we're born into, right? That's the reality of our lives. That's our fate. But we're responsible for what we become. We're responsible to turn fate into destiny. And each of us has a unique story in which we can, and that unique story, which is part of the story of evolution, my personal story is implicated in the evolutionary story in that moment, in that circle of intimacy and influence, by creating new configurations of intimacy within myself, right? bringing the parts in me to a larger whole, right? and with those around me. And in my larger community, right, I become the leading edge of evolution's arrow, right? unfolding right? configurations of intimacy that are reality's intention and desire that are needed by all of reality, that are desired by all of reality, that are adored right, by all of reality, that are recognized by all of reality, that are intended by all of reality, and that were chosen in the very beginning of time in the first nanosecond of the Big Bang to be manifest by all of reality. So I am reality manifesting. And then all of a sudden, when I'm confronted with my identity crisis, well, I don't, might not need that Prozac, because actually, actually, wow, right? And that becomes the truth of my reality. That becomes my, my center of gravity. And that's outrageous love. So, so what a, a delight and an honor, Carolyn, to, to share this, you know, with Barbara and myself with you, right, in this yes. context, in this space, in this beautiful space that you've created in memory of your son, Kyle, right? You know, so just really honoring you and honoring Kyle and honoring the unique configuration of intimacy that is this beautiful initiative. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you and Barbara. And I want you both to please share. Um, and thank you so much for inviting me to be a special guest because I will definitely come. Definitely. Yay. Uh, yes, of course. And please share with our listeners how they can find you and all of that information, website, time, all of that. Well, my website is um, uh, barbaramarksharvard.com, 
-hmm. And that, that's my email. And the, the um, website is Foundation for Conscious Evolution. And that has advertising the church, and you can click on it right there, Foundation for Conscious Evolution. The evolutionary church is, is front and center there. Okay. And, and they meet, you say, do they meet once a week or every day? No, they meet once every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. Okay. And it's free for one hour every Saturday. So you listen in and you become part of the community. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, then, it's a beautiful, beautiful church. Thank you. I will definitely have the link to your website below in this yes. video. Yes, on YouTube and, yes. <laughs> and on Block Talk Radio where we're listening. So we're we're going to have the link right there for people to click on and, oh, thank you. and join. That's very good. You are awesome. <laughs> you are awesome. <laughs> oh, Mark, so you are awesome. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful that we are all doing this work that we are called. And I, I know that word sometimes is used in a dogmatic way, but I know that when you go into your heart, your heart, and listen to that heart, that inner calling, that is God's calling you to do your unique, to bring your unique light into the world. It's all needed. All of us are needed so much. Well, you are certainly our beloved sister. Thank you so much. Hallelujah, sister. Yes. <laughs> we truly Yes, an evolutionary hallelujah. Thank you so much. Thank oh, you so so, well, good, goodbye there. And good night. Goodbye, Mark. I hope all goes well. <laughs> beloved Barbara, thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. Good night, my beloved partner. What thank you. Thank you. All right. Everybody have a good night. It's later here. I'm on the East Coast. We're all in different time zones. Mark oh, yeah. is on the West okay. Coast. Amen. <laughs> and Barbara's in Mountain Time. I'm East Coast, so it's really late here. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you, Thank you, Mark. Okay, good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.